Well, thank you for having me. It's always a blessing to come here. Uh, it's a, a blessing to fellowship in the truth. Uh, the Lord put a message on my mind, on the heart and mind. It'll be a big surprise to you. It's about the love of God. <laughs> I want to say before I start my message, and I'll try to be quick about it. <laughs> See the time. Uh, but uh, they've read Romans 8, 29. Or 39. It's 39, isn't it? A couple of times now. I just feel like the Lord is telling me, you know, if you're going to talk about my love, make sure you say you're never going to be separated from it. <laughs> so I thought I'd say that first thing because the love we're talking about is what it means to us and what it does for us. So at the very beginning, I'll say that that love that we're going to be talking about, as they've read several times today, you can never be separated from it. Once he bestows it on you, you have it forever. In other words, I'll say this too. You can't go back into darkness. He took you out of darkness to bestow that love on you. And you're going to stay in the marvelous light of Jesus Christ forever. Well, in 1 John, the third chapter, the first verse, he says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the children or sons of God, therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. So we are told about the manner of love that God has bestowed upon the sheep of Jesus Christ, so that we might appreciate the deliverance we have out of darkness into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. The power of this love is awesome in what it performs for the sheep of Christ. It has not been given to the world. He didn't deliver the whole world. He delivered who He chose. He delivered His sheep. It's not been given to the world outside the sheepfold of Christ. For that world has not been delivered from the darkness of Satan. Let me turn to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. This is what we've been delivered from in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and verses 17 and 18. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. That's what this manner of love's done for us as sheep. We, don't, we, are, we cannot walk in the vanity of our mind because His love's delivered us from that. And He says, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God 
through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. You see, their hearts are blind. What He's done for the sheep is change that heart. I won't go to all the Scriptures, but Romans 2.29 tells us that God, that he, he, there's a circumcision made without hands. It's the heart that He circumcised. And also, I think I'm mixing that up also with Colossians 2 and 11, where he says he made a circumcision without hands. So he talks about the changing of that heart. And that's why we don't walk in the vanity of our mind. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have ignorance. We all have ignorance. And there's a purpose for that ignorance. God corrects us and shows us we're a sheep. He's not going to correct those who aren't a sheep. But we constantly get correction. That he, he changes our hearts so that we don't seek to lift ourselves up. That's what the vanity of the mind of man does. It seeks to lift himself up and lift his works up. And he changes our hearts so that we don't seek that. We seek to lift God up. We seek to lift his power up. We seek to lift his completeness up. And He causes us to do it to His determination and His purposes. We're not perfect in it because if we were perfect in it, we wouldn't need the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us into all truth. So He continually corrects us and keeps us on that path of light. We never go back to the path of darkness. We're always on that path of light. And let me go, let me read a, a scripture I, I didn't have it in. It's Gene's fault that he's making it longer now. But he said, "Are you going to read this one that you you read one time? Let's see if I can find it here. <laughs> it's in Deuteronomy, and it's in the thirtieth chapter, and it's the sixth verse. And he says." And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart. This is why we don't walk in the vanity of our mind. Because he has circumcised the sheep's heart. And he says, And the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul that thou mayest live. So he did that in order for what? This is the manner of love that he's bestowed upon us to cause us to love him and to walk in his truth and to love those truths. Just like the brethren were talking today, we come together and you said, Ron, we, we love his truth, but the world hates it. They hate being told that God is all power. They hate being told that they have no power at all. But this is why we don't walk in the vanity of our mind. Because the Lord circumcises our hearts. He takes out that old spiritual heart, that old deceitful heart, that dead heart, and He puts in a live one. He puts in a new one, a pure one, where the Holy Spirit dwells and works from there to lead and guide us into all truth. And to take away our constantly taking away our ignorance to cause us to grow in grace and knowledge. But so 
The world doesn't know us because it doesn't know Jesus Christ. It cannot experience the manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. His love chose us and made us holy without blame for our sins and has given us an inheritance in Christ Jesus. And let me read a familiar scripture to you again in Ephesians, the first chapter, and let's read verses 3 and 4. According as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Can we be anything else? No. You can't be anything else except holy before God because He chose you before the foundation of the world to be the sheep you are. And He caused you to walk in His truth to give forth sacrifice of praise that's acceptable to Him. And He chose before the foundation of the world that you would be holy in that manner and without blame. This is what His love does for us. And then He says, having predestinated us under the adoption of sons by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. I want to read verse 3. I'll read that to Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. The, the way we have all these spiritual blessings is not, up, is not through our work or anything that we can do. We have these spiritual blessings because of that love, that manner of love that He's bestowed upon us. That's what causes us to have all these things. In this love, well, let me read also, I said, that love also gave us an inheritance in verse 11 in, in Ephesians 1. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will. So he, He's telling us that love has also given us an inheritance. We've obtained it through the work of Jesus Christ, not your work. The only reason He has caused you to have this work in His path of light is to show you who you are. To show you what He has already done for you. He's already chosen you before the foundation of the world. And He's already told you you're going to be holy and without blame before Him in love. I'm just as spiritually safe right now as I will be tomorrow or however long the Lord has me live. My home is going to be with Him. My home, I'm going to dwell in that new Jerusalem. And no one, no one can take that from me. And it's in a hope, as Czech says many, many times, a hope of assurance. It's absolute assurance. Then, in this love, not only did Christ Jesus take upon Himself our sins at the cross, shed His blood for us to make us before our Heavenly Father holy and without blame, but He also gave us His Holy Spirit to carry forth our sacrifice of praise of the glory of His grace in knowing by way of the power of that Holy Spirit the mystery of His will. 
That's how you know the mystery of His will. I understand it's a good thing to study. He even tells us in Timothy to study. To show ourselves approved. Not to show God anything. But He tells us that in showing to us Here's the process. He will show us who we are. But that study in itself will not bring us anything. It's the Holy Spirit that has to give you understanding, that has to open your mind to His truth. And that's what He does. In Ephesians 1 here, in verses 17-19, through that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of His glory of His inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the working of His mighty power. The Father of glory and His manner of love that He's bestowed upon us gives us His Holy Spirit that we might have wisdom and might be given revelation of the mystery of God. Of His will. We don't have it any other way. Yes, we go through processes of study and talking together and fellowshipping. It has to be the spirit of wisdom that opens our minds to His truth. We're just mouthpieces even as we speak. And it's God who must work within you. Must work within me to give you food. Good spiritual food. And must work within you for you to eat it and digest it. And understand it. It's all His work. And his, the greatness of His power. He says, what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the working of His mighty power? We even believe there according to the working of His mighty power. You didn't decide to believe. He caused you to believe according to the working of His mighty power. And the greatness of His power then enlightens us to how great He is. His mighty power and the exceeding greatness of His power is the love He bestows upon us to make our faith work. I knew I'd get that scripture in there, Galatians 5 and 6. I got that down later. <laughs> I had a little real, real print. I could hardly read it. <laughs> but that love causes our faith to work. That faith that you have in Christ. It's the faith of Christ. You didn't create any faith. That's why you can't move. You know, he said if you had a little faith that much, a grain of mustard seed, you'd move a mountain. Say, mountain move, it moved. You don't even have that. What you have is the faith of Christ that He's given you. And it works as He determines. 
And that faith, and this is quite a, a statement, I guess, in a sense, that faith, and it's the faith of Christ, wouldn't even work in you. Except for this, in Galatians 5 and 6. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Faith which worketh by love. That's the manner of love the Father has bestowed upon you. It causes your faith to work. The exceeding greatness in God's power toward the sheep of Jesus Christ is that He will give us understanding to know the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. 1 Corinthians, the... Let's go in the wrong way. Second chapter. And verses 7 through 9. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the ages unto our glory. And so before the world or before the ages, He had already ordained unto our glory to know His will, to know His deepest will. To know his truth. And he ordained it under our glory. Can a, let me ask you could a sheep walk any other way except in the truth? A sheep can only walk in the truth. Yes, he's going to have ignorance, but he's going to walk in the truth and he's going to be corrected all the time. He's never going to leave that marvelous path of the light of Jesus Christ. He is always going to be in that light. He says, which none of the princes of this age knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath entered in the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. God not only reveals His truth to us, He also makes us walk in it. Not only does this tell us He reveals His truth to us. Now, again, we go through processes of study and fellowship and talking with each other, but the only way those things do any good is if the Lord reveals that truth to you through the work of the Holy Spirit. He he has to open your mind. He has to give you understanding. In fact, that's what the Comforter did, didn't he? I mean, the Holy Spirit's always been here <coughs> to change our hearts, to give us an ear to hear, eye to see. But he also had a chance... <coughs> Sorry. When Jesus was here, he was the comforter of his church and he talked to them about what was going to happen to him. And I can't recall the scripture exactly, but it's, he said they didn't know, they didn't understand anything he said at that point. And later on, he opened their understanding. I wish I, I think it's in Luke, but I forgot to look that up. But anyway, he opened their understanding. That's what the comforter does. The Holy Spirit, why did He take that position up as a comforter to the body? In order to give us understanding. 
We can't create that understanding on our own. We can't get it on our own. We go through different processes, but it must be the power of the Holy Spirit that gives us understanding. It's God's power. And that's what His love does for us. He gave us, through that love, His Holy Spirit in order for all these things to come to pass in our walk of worship. God, now, the lost my place here, but... Uh, Oh, he not only reveals his truth to us, I wanted to make sure, I, this is an, a scripture, Ephesians 2 and 10. He makes us walk in it. Yeah, you know, I never understand someone thinking, I might walk in something today and not walk in it tomorrow. If he makes you a sheep, he's going to make you walk in the truth. If he gives you understanding, the next thing he's going to do is make you walk in that understanding. He says in Ephesians 2 and 10, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. He's going to make us walk in them. We don't have a choice. We never had a choice. It's God's choice. Not only did He cause us to uh, be brought out of darkness into the light of Christ, and then caused us to become a part of the body He created. He put us in a safe place to walk in the truth. In Him. He's going to make us walk in it. It's not a choice. He's going to make us walk in that truth. We're His workmanship. We're created unto good works and He has ordained us that we're going to be in that light. That's why we can be assured of today and assured of all of our tomorrows. Because He has made us what we are. Um, I won't turn to it, but Hebrews 13, 20 and 21 says the same thing. Hebrews 13, chapter 20 and 21st verse tells us that we're going to walk in the truth that God is going to cause us to walk in it. All things are for us by the work of God in us, revealing His exceeding greatness and mighty power with us through the Holy Spirit. 1 John again in the 4th chapter. 1 John 4 and... Uh, First John 4 and 9 and 10. He says, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. This love gave us the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who took our sin upon Him and made us free. Took all of our debt upon Him. Caused us <coughs> to be free from sin. To me, we're free from darkness. We're free from seeking to lift mankind up. We're free from all that. He has caused us to walk in His truth and to seek to lift Him up. And then, even if we don't lift Him up as we ought to, and maybe some ignorance that we have, He corrects it. 
and he corrects us to show us we're his sheep. And then he, he says here, Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. He paid our debt to the full satisfaction of our Heavenly Father. Full satisfaction. And not that we loved Him, but He loved us. And that manner of love causes us to love Him. To rejoice in His power. And I might mention this too, and I'm almost done here, but we love one another. Now, Ronnie might not like me real well. I don't know. But he loves me for Christ's sake. We stand together in the truth. Therefore, we love one another. That's where our love is. We love one another for the truth's sake. In this love, our Lord Jesus Christ paid our debt to the full satisfaction of our Heavenly Father. So, in this love, we have all boldness to come before the throne. 1 John 4, uh, 17, again, he says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. What was He in this world? He's perfect. But what was it? He, he was satisfaction to our Heavenly Father. He satisfied. As he, as he is, so are we. <laughs> our Heavenly Father, through His love, makes us to be satisfaction unto Him in our way and walk of worship. He makes our sacrifice of praise acceptable in our way in worship, our way in walk of worship. So that's where our love is made perfect. And we have boldness to come before our Heavenly Father to His throne. We come before Him in prayer. One of these days, I'm going to come before Him with Christ. Going to have boldness because all my debt's been free. Paid, and I'm free. And then he says, First John, uh, I'll close with this, and First John 4.18, There is no fear in love. There's no being afraid in this love. Sometimes people will say, well, uh, did I do enough? Uh, you, you shouldn't say that. You're going to do everything He's ordained you to do. And so each day you should have a fulfillment that you are totally accepted by God through Christ. Because He has bestowed this manner of love on you that's going to cause you to walk in His truth. And he says, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear hath punishment. 
He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So He's going to cause His sheep. That's one of the evidences that we are sheep. He's going to make them to know that they don't have to be afraid. And I'll close with this. It's a little story. <laughs> Try to make it short. <laughs> I was up at a lake. And I was sitting in the water. I was sitting about this far in the water in the chair, one of those chairs that leaned back. And it was warm water. It's up in the Michigan line, too. A surprise. Clear, clear as a bell. And look out over the lake, and beautiful lake, just kind of going a little along there, and a field of reeds over there, and a, a little woods in behind it. Blue sky, a couple puffy clouds. Just perfect. I sat in there with my hands in the water and feet and legs. And I just about asleep. And something bumped me. And I jumped out of that chair like I was shot. And this humongous, terrifying two-inch fish <laughs> had bumped my leg because I saw him down there. But I thought, and Walt would get a kick out of that story, wouldn't he? <laughs> uh, what I thought was this, as I told this message. No matter how serene it is, there's always some being afraid or fear in this world, in something. Let me tell you something, there's no fear in God's love. <laughs> no fear. No big afraid. May God bless you with speaking in this word.